It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, we're going to have a player profile and projection for Benedict Matherin out of Arizona. Could he be the right pick for the OKC Thunder? Could he slip to pick 12, or will OKC need to trade up if they want to get their hands on this pure bucket getter? All of that and more coming up on today's Locked On Thunder podcast on Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Our Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, we have another 2022 NBA draft profile giving you all you need to know about a possible Thunder prospect. Today's prospect is Benedict Matherin of the University of Arizona, and today's show is brought to you by PrizePix. Check out pricepix.com. Use the promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy sports made easy. We are zeroing in on the NBA draft just about two weeks away now from June 23rd, and we'll get to see how the Thunder choose to utilize their draft picks, of course, right now they own pick two, pick 12, pick 30, and 34. And things are going to get very interesting come draft night. Uh, Keith Smith of Spotrack and um, his front office show on YouTube said that he's heard from NBA teams that they think that, you know, picks 12 or 30 or 34 are available. He's heard that NBA teams don't think that pick two is available, at least not right now. He has heard that those other picks are available due to roster spots, which is kind of different than what we've heard um, about how the Thunder will not 
allow roster spots to force their hand into a trade. Like that's not going to be the reason why they make the trade. If they were to trade these picks, it's just because they don't see the value on the board that they'd like to see at these draft picks. So it's interesting. We'll have to see how it all pans out. Uh, but the Thunder would be up against it if they would take all four selections. However, when you look at their roster and you look at their contracts for certain players, you can easily get this roster down from four players to bring four new players in. So it'll be very interesting. We'll see how it all goes, but that's kind of the latest news that we've heard surrounding the draft. Now let's get into Bendik Matherin and his player profile. So he's 6'4", 205 pounds, 6'9", wingspan. He's 20 years old out of Arizona. As a broad overview, this guy's a great shot maker. He can be a fantastic offensive weapon, and he can create for himself. And that's kind of the biggest key. His entire game really starts and stops offensively. And it starts and stops with his own offense. His three-point shooting would fill a need instantly, and for OKC would fit in nicely with Josh Giddy and SGA. Of course, Josh Giddy can set players up in a massive way. SGA, of course, is elite at driving and kicking and getting the guys open because of his gravity whenever he's going towards the rim. Defenses tend to collapse on him. He can kick out to an open three-point shooter. And Ben Mathern would be a guy who could actually not shots down as a 38% catch-and-shoot shooter. So that'd be a, a weapon for OKC to get Matherin, uh, you know, kind of open looks on the driving kick, and he's shown that he can knock down catch-and-shoot opportunities. So that's good for OKC. He's just a supreme athlete. He can use his burst of speed. He can use his change of direction, his change of angles, and his change of pace along with that length to get to his spots offensively, whether that be at the rim whether that be in the mid-range or with shot creation at the three-point line, Benedict Matherin can truly create an open look for himself on the offensive end at will, really. I love the way that he creates for himself due to his pacing and his ball handling, shooting ability, uh, and he can just dictate the pace of the half-court set uh, offensively, which is what you need to do if you're going to be a player that uh, creates in the NBA, especially. Uh, In college, you can get away with just being a pure athlete, um, it's rare in the NBA that you can do that. Of course, there are some exceptions to that rule in the NBA, no doubt about it. But in general, uh, you're not going to out-athlete guys in the NBA. You're going to have to be methodical and have to, uh, you know, you're going to have to be methodical and be able to get to your spots in creative ways. I think that one of his strengths can also be termed a weakness, depending on how you view the ecosystem or how you view kind of your philosophies on the basketball he's a gambler he's going to try to make something happen right so he's going to dribble into traffic he's going to um, try to split the defense whenever he's being doubled he's going to try to force the ball in there in a tight window and throw the needle to a shooter he's going to play the passing lanes defensively right and those can create highlight real plays those can create you know just massive opportunity for you but they can also, in turn, hurt you, right? It can lead to turnovers. It can lead to getting you know a backdoor cut on it or, or blown by defensively. It can lead to bad outcomes if you're a gambler. But you'd rather have that confidence and be coached out of bad decisions from it than not, I think. So, again, this is going to be a strength for me, but if it's a – Negative for you, and you'd rather a player be more um, conservative, I understand. But 
I do like that he gambles on both sides of the floor and tends to push the limits of kind of what the defense is dictating, what the offense is dictating on the other, other end of the floor. So let's talk about his weaknesses and where he's going to be available at because we're going to go through every mock draft, every big board from the ringer, ESPN, Athletic Bleacher Report, CBS, NBC, DraftNet, Tankathon, my personal big board, and of course our good friend Mavs Drafts Big Board at, Richard Stam- uh, at Mavs Draft on Twitter, Richard Stamen, uh, and host of NBA uh, Big Board Podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, and give you his ceiling, his floor, and NBA comps along with some synergy stats and then dive into how he fits specifically with the Oklahoma City Thunder. But coming up, we're going to talk all about his weaknesses and his overall game. But first, I want to tell you right now about our good friends over at Prize Picks, folks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. You're going to want to check them out. You're going to want to see uh, what they're all about because you this is going to be something that you want to do. Prize Picks is fantasy sports made easy, but also it's just you and the projected numbers. You're not having to deal with guys who do this for a living, so to say. And it's very fun because you can pick two to five players and over under on their projections and win 10 times on your entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Price Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Use the app on the App Store or Google Play Store. Price Picks offers props from points to rebounds and steals, but also it allows mixed sport entries. So you can take, say, the over on Steph Curry points tomorrow and the under on... Daniel Lynch hits allowed, for example, in the baseball side of things. So you can combine sports. It's so much fun. Price Picks does not just offer NBA. They offer college basketball, college football, MLB, NFL, MMA, and so much more. So go right now. Price Picks has an exclusive no-brainer offer for all of our listeners and all of our users. Uh, you can get $50 for free if a player in your first Price Pick entry scores a single point. You must use the code NBA. That's right. It is an exclusive offer available to Locked On fans. Sign up today and use the code NBA. $50 for free if a player in your first prospect entry scores a single point. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. We are back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I want to tell you right now, thank you for making Lockdown Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. For your second listen, go check out the Lockdown NBA Big Board Show. And I want to tell you to... Check out our listener survey. This is a huge favor we're asking for you. You can go to lockedonpodcast.com slash survey and take our survey. It will not take very long. Take our survey, and then off of that survey, you'll be eligible to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster um, vouchers. So it'll be very good for you to take our survey, lockedonpodcast.com slash survey. Let's talk about Benedict Matherin's weaknesses. While I love the creation for himself, I think that he can get to his spots offensively. I think he can score at all three levels. I think that he can um, be an offensive weapon for you 
primarily for himself. I never really see him being a guy to create for others. I never really envision him in the NBA being able to set others up. Now, does that mean he's never going to get an assist in the NBA? Of course not. But he's not going to be able to create open looks for other players the way Josh G does, the way SGA does. He's going to be able to make the right pass. And again, he's going to gamble, so he's going to make a pass where uh, it's risky and results in turnovers. But in the grand scheme of things, when it all washes out, he's not going to make someone else's job easier, somebody else's job uh, better, unless, of course, it's just natural in the form of he has a hot shooting night, he's dropping nearly 30 or over 30, and guys are collapsing to him and guys are trying to uh, double-team him. Then, of course, somebody's going to be open, he'll make the right pass, and and that's a way of creating for others. But in general, I don't see him um, being a pass-first guy or even a pass-second guy. I think he's going to score a lot. And with that becomes turnovers, which is another huge issue for him in college. He made some gambles, made some bad passes, made some bad decisions also. And then again, as the primary scorer, and this kind of is a weakness for now because we haven't seen him change it, but we're going to talk about how he can change it. As a weakness for now, he dribbles into trouble a lot. He dribbles into uh, traffic and into situations where you'd rather him not go you know, into the paint with three guys already there waiting on him to receive him, right? So you'd rather him not dribble in on three guys. Now, how much of that changes just by the natural progression of offense and spacing and different factors once you get to the NBA level? Um, that that probably is an easy thing to change. Again, it could be a bad habit that never goes away, but as you get better spacing, as you get better teammates around you who you trust to not have to take on the burden of the entire offense by yourself and uh, – feel the need to drive in on three guys or, or drive in on the whole team and, and get beat up on your way to the rim and get the ball taken away from you. Uh, I think that those numbers will go down in the NBA just based off of that natural evolution of basketball. The NBA has better spacing. The NBA has better teammates around you than you do at college, at, at the college ranks in Arizona. So those turnovers should clean themselves up unless he just continues to be an awful decision maker, which I don't think that he is. I think that it's just uh, – I think that the decision-making stuff – was mainly born in a branch off of the idea that he didn't have that he you know didn't have teammates who he trusted enough to where he took on the pressures of being the guy on a team. Whereas in the NBA, I struggled to find a team where he'd be the guy. And so that can take away some of that stuff. My other big question marks, these are the two that I think are legit. Uh, I think that the creation, you know, for others the way that you can bat that is by just producing as a score. And then of course they're going to throw more guys at you. And of course, somebody's going to be left open. If they're double teaming you, somebody's open um, for the turnovers. Just mentioned it. The pressures of, of not being the guy help that a lot, but the big concerns are, can he finish within the trees of the NBA? The rim scoring was not bad in college. It also was not excellent. In college, it was just it was good. It was a good good room finishing in college. Now, as the NBA gets, you know, as you progress to a league that's bigger, faster, stronger, understands how to play defense, right? There's a lot of times in in college you might face off with a big guy, right? You might face off with a guy seven feet tall, but they're just chasing blocks. They're not actually playing defense. I'm sure they might block you a couple times, but they're also going to foul you. They're also going to going to leap for a block and go out of position to where you have an open look, look at the rim. You know, that stuff subsides a bit in the NBA, obviously. 
So can you still finish at the NBA level? And I have strong question marks about that for Benedict Matherin. And if you take away his room finishing and you say that he can't do that at the NBA level, now he's a two-level score where he's going to shoot around the elbow, he's going to shoot at the three-point line, but that's pretty much it, which leads to the next weakness. He's extremely raw on defense, even whenever he does lock in, which is incredibly rare. Now, you know that I give players a pass on defense in college. I get it. It's hard to lock in when you're playing Colorado on a Tuesday versus whenever you're playing the Golden State Warriors on a Tuesday. Um, But the fact that even whenever he was kind of focused on defense and trying his hardest on defense, he still looked kind of lost. I don't love that. Because if if his defense doesn't progress at the NBA level and his rim finishing takes a step back at the NBA level, as, as rim protection gets a lot better in the NBA, well, then all of a sudden you're a three and nothing guy. You've heard of three and D guys. He's a three and nothing guy because he can't create for others. Uh, he can't play defense. He can't finish at the rim. He can just shoot threes. Now, he can create threes for himself off the dribble. He can, he can catch and shoot threes from a Josh Giddey setup and from SGA driving kicks. But then at that point, you're just, a, you're just a three and nothing guy. And is that valuable enough for picks, you know, 12 or trading up from 12 to go get them? So those are the two big weaknesses that I think that teams are going to have to answer as we are sitting here in the, um, you know, pre-draft process where you're having private workouts and you're having these interviews with them and trying to kind of convey what kind of players you're going to be. Those are two things I think that, you have to sign off on that you feel like he can finish at the rim. You feel like he can play defense before you actually select him because his availability is basically consensus top 10. There's one place that has him at 11. Everybody else has him in the top 10, right? So the ringer has him at 10 ESPN at eight, the athletic at six bleacher report at nine CBS. Of course, CBS has three different panelists. So they go, they go 11, 10 and 10 uh, NBC has him at nine DraftNet has him at six tankathon has him at 10 I have him at seven, and then Mavs draft, our draft expert has him at five. So anywhere from 11 to five, you can see Benedict Matherin fly off the board. I think that somebody will take him in the top 10, but again, those two weaknesses might scare a few teams off in that process uh, and kind of whenever they're doing their evaluations on Benedict Matherin. As far as his ceiling and floor, I think that his ceiling is just this pure bucket-getting wing that is an average defender, and because of his offensive ability, he can stay on the floor as an average defender. His floor, though, is a you know rotational score who is non-existent on the defensive end. And so if you're non-existent on the defensive end and all you can do is score, you're going to be like a ninth, tenth guy because there's certain matchups where you just can't play. And, and when the game shifts to half court and the game slows down and it's harder to hide guys in the playoffs, how often can you stay on the floor if all you can do is score? that there's going to be lineups in which you can hide him. There's going to be lineups in which you can uh, use him. But how you know how often will that happen on playoff time as playoff basketball turns into half-court, hunt the switch, you know, pick and pick and roll stuff, like you saw what the Mavericks did their entire playoff run that got them to the Western Conference Finals. I mean, it's just Luka in the pick and roll, switching on to the worst defender and attacking him. Uh, if, if Luka's doing that to you in the playoffs and you have been in math on the floor, uh, you're probably going to be – Cooked a bit on the end of the floor, obviously. Uh, his NBA comps, these come from uh, the Ringer draft guide from Kevin O'Connor. He says that he has shades of Jamal Crawford, Karis LeVert, and prime Victor Oladipo. If you get prime Victor Oladipo, 
Or you get Jamal Crawford or Karis LeVert, that'd be awesome. Uh, but we'll see kind of how it all pushes together. Coming up, let's talk synergy numbers. Let's talk how he fits specifically with the OKC Thunder. But first, I want to tell you right now, our good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCK15. Get 15% off of your next order. Folks, my favorite flavor of Built Bar is cookies and cream. You're going to want to check it out. Uh, it's a protein bar. tastes like a candy bar. It is high in protein, low in calories. It is good for you pre-workout or post-workout or even as a meal replacement or a snack. Make sure you check them out today. Um, you can go to built.com, use the code LOCK15, 15% off of your next order. Built.com, promo code LOCK15, 15% off of your next order. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We are back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, Rylan Stiles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Stiles. Follow the show on Twitter at Pod. Email the show. Again, thank you for checking out Locked on Thunder for your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Subscribe for free across all platforms so you never miss an episode. And check out Locked on NBA Big Board for player rankings and big boards and mock drafts and intel from Raphael Barlow and Mavs draft Richard Stamen. And then check out Locked on NBA for the national side of things. And, of course, check back with us every single day from now into the draft, including weekends, as we do draft profiles for all these guys and uh, talk about the draft in general. So. Make sure you check that out. Let's do synergy for Benedict Matherin. He's in the 86th percentile offensively, 1.023 points per possession, 78th percentile in the half-court set, 82nd percentile in transition offense, 99th percentile in putbacks, and 86th percentile on cuts. That's all offensively. Uh, also, around the rim, non-post-up, so again, looking around the rim, without the post-up opportunities, he's in the 77th percentile. So again, it's not bad around the rim. But just as as things get better in the NBA in terms of rim protection, how much does that number drop off from, right? Now, the defense is where things lack. Now, overall, his defense is at a 56, uh, 56th percentile in the country. Not bad, not great, not excellent, just good. It, it, it's, a nice, it's a nice average defender, right? He's in the 56th percentile. Uh, Again, as the NBA gets a lot better offensively, that drop that number is going to drop off. How much can you limit that drop off from Benedict Matherin come uh, come NBA time? 
how he fits with the Thunder. In an ideal world, I think his future role is a complimentary score next to SGA and Josh Giddy, who will be hidden on defense. Think about what that means, though. If you envision Ben McMathurin being a guy who's next to Josh Giddy and SGA and is in closing lineups and is playing in playoff moments, and you have to hide him defensively, that means that he's your hidden guy. You can only really have one hidden guy in the playoffs, right? I mean, there's just only one guy you can truly hide defensively, especially in today's nature of just hunting the switch and hunting the mismatch. That means that you need SGA to lock in defensively, you need Josh Giddy to lock in defensively, and whoever else you put around those three guys needs to lock in defensively, and Bennett Matthews can be the only guy who's not there defensively. Now, SGA is the frame to be a really good defender. Josh Giddy has the body to be a really good defender. Both those guys uh, played nice defense this first year uh, you know, together. I think that with the, with the Thunder and with Josh Giddy, you're going to see them uh, play good defense. That's kind of the Thunder's identity. And here's where if the Thunder were to pick Ben McMatherin, I believe more in his defense because of how much the Thunder pride themselves uh, on their defense and how much the Thunder have gotten out of guys on that defensive end. Uh, so rotational fit, I'm not sure that he starts right away, you know, in terms of like just opening night in October. But obviously to get Ben McMatherin, his range appears to be top 12. And so if you're taking a guy at 12, the goal is that he'll start eventually for your team. Roster impact. Man, I mean, if you draft Ben McMathurin, can Ty Jerome really stick around? Like, can you find minutes for Ty Jerome whenever you want to find a mixture of minutes for SGA, for Josh Giddy, Lou Dort, Trey Mann, McMathurin, right? Can you find minutes for Ty Jerome? Uh, that's a guy that I'd look at. Tail Maldon's a guy I'd look at. If you draft Ben McMathurin to where, um, can you just purely find any sort of run for these guys? Um, why the Thunder should take him is that they believe that he will commit on the defensive end. Like, they believe that if he commits on the defensive end, we can teach him what he needs to know and we can get him up to speed. And I, and I believe that. I believe that if if you get the sense that Ben McMathurin's ready to come in himself to defense, the Thunder you know, coaching staff will be able to get the most out of him and will be able to progress him to the point where he's a passable defender with what he does offensively. Why the Thunder shouldn't take him is that they believe that he will continue to struggle uh, – defensively and then his rim percentages will dip off to where again at that point you're a three and nothing guy and while it's nice to shoot threes and while the thunder need three-point shooting uh in the top 12 are you looking for a guy who can only do one thing i don't think so so we'll see we'll see how that kind of all lines up let me know what you think about benedict matherin in the comment section down below or on twitter at rylan underscore styles and until tomorrow be good be good to one another hey prime members you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.